0: Welcome to the Carbon Stations podcast, where we speak to some of the leading figures in the emerging carbon industry. Joining us today are the co CEOs and co founders of Alco, uh, Mariana Garza and Marley Rafson. Uh, Thank you both for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you. Uh, Now, typically, we always try to get to know our guests' uh, personal journey prior to getting into climate. So uh, please, Mars, I'd like to start with you, if it's okay. uh, Tell us a little bit more about your background and what led you to co found Alco.
1: Yeah, thank you, Violet. Um, As you said, my name is Mars and I'm the co-founder and co-CEO of Alcove. I lead sales and go-to-market here. Prior to that, I was actually investing at a venture capital firm called XYZ, investing in pre-seed to Series A companies. And I helped build out the climate portfolio there and we got to invest in like the best companies in climate, such as Charm Industrial, Iconic Air, uh, Benny, Ample, and a couple other ones. And from that experience, I really got a very deep understanding and look at the way that they were actually interacting with other stakeholders in the carbon markets. And I was pretty shocked to see that nobody had actually built automation or tools around these complex processes. And so really just like deeply dove into any kind of infrastructure plays in the space and and found them there to be uh, almost virtually none at that point in time. That was almost three years ago. And so started researching about uh, effective tools and platforms and software solutions that could exist here, met Marley at the same time, and the rest was kind of history. And um, I've just been personally motivated because I grew up between Mexico and New York, and I've just seen the climate crisis very up close uh, with my family in Mexico that that works in agriculture. And so um, what Alcove is, is really like the perfect combination of what I'm passionate about, which is startups and software, and also my own personal experience with uh, climate change. So I'll pass it over to Marley, but that's kind of you know how I got into Alcove specifically, and then also just a little bit on myself uh, personally.
2: Thank you, uh, Marley. Same question. Thanks so much. Um, yeah, as mentioned, my name is Marley Raphson. I'm the other co-founder and co-CEO of Alcove. I specifically lead our end product and design teams, and for my journey into climate. So I actually started my career as a software engineer at Google and I had a wonderful time, but I just wanted to get closer to problems that affected the world around me. So the first step in that journey was I joined an alphabet spin-out that was helping municipal governments understand how people move around on public transit. So I started my, journey, my climate journey in transit um, and just kept getting the urge to want to go deeper And so towards the end of my time at that Spin Out Replica, I got a unique opportunity to serve as a tech and climate policy fellow for Speaker Pelosi. And so I moved to Washington, D.C., started working in the Capitol every day, and I got to work on really just incredible climate policy while I was there. So I got to work on the Inflation Reduction Act from day one. Um, And then I also got to work on the Chips and Science Act, which ranked DAX hubs and things like that, also to fruition and tons of R and D investments. And so, with that, it was just such a gift. And all I could, all I wanted to do when I was done with my time on the Hill was go deeper and help serve folks who are doing incredible frontline work on climate. So I admit, Mars, and as she said, and I agree with, the
0: rest was history. Uh, Marley, thanks for sharing that, but can you please share a little bit more about working on the Inflation Reduction Act? I'm really, really curious about that. Yeah, it
2: was truly a once-in-a-lifetime experience, um, so I feel just very lucky. Um, so when I joined the Hill, I, I think the second day I was in the office was when we kind of announced that we were going to do a budget reconciliation package, which is what turned into and was named the Inflation Reduction Act. Reduction Act later, Um, and what was really nice about my vantage point was I just got to work with a bunch of really deep policy experts and help support them and their ideas through to passing. And I played a very small role in it with just like an exceptional group of people who were on the Hill. So it was just a really, really wonderful experience and completely supercharged me to like want to dive in further later on.
0: Excellent. I appreciate you guys sharing so much of, of what you used to do before. But moving on to Alcove, I know that the company offers an uh, an inventory management system for carbon credits. And I'm going to be perfectly honest and say that it wasn't really easy for me to wrap my head around that. Uh, so I'd like to ask you to please tell our audience and myself a little bit more about what this product of yours is. Yeah, so I think it'd be helpful kind of to describe
1: um, the value that Alcove brings. And then uh, Marley can kind of jump in with, with more granularity, but we really bring carbon, powerful carbon specificity and guardrails out of the box to build trust, transparency and speed for stakeholders across the value chain. And tying into both of our introductions, we started Alcove because we were shocked that project developers had to retrofit generalized software solutions to their complex operations. So removing carbon is no easy thing. A tool out there that's existed for a very long time is probably not going to reflect to this new and emerging market. So As I said three years ago, there there was nothing on the market that was bespoke to carbon, let alone a specific technology or pathway. And so telling the whole story behind uh, each ton of carbon removed is really critical to successful buyer relationships to scale um, in a meaningful, high-quality way. So if a team systems doesn't trap carbon credit narrative, convincing stakeholders and buyers that they have high-quality credits becomes exponentially harder as they scale. So that's kind of like the premise for Alcove and um, Marley, feel free to add more color.
2: Yeah, happy to, Um, and so in that vein, what we are real ethos, which is what Mara said, is that we are just here to partner with these incredible carbon credit project developers and help them from their earliest stages all the way through the scaling process until they've hit gigaton scale. And so we build exceptional, just top of the line workflows and data tools to support those key players. So we're evolving our software every day to meet the most pressing needs of developers and help them achieve their goals. And so yet we are an inventory management solution. That's what we launched um, just um, a few months back really. Um, and we have continued to grow into just an exciting purpose-built carbon credit intelligence platform that helps unify stakeholders across um, across the life cycle of a carbon credit.
0: Uh, you mentioned uh, meeting some of their most pressing issues. Can you name some of those? Yeah, I'm happy to dive in. And
2: Mars, feel free to compliment or, you know, anything on the way through. But so we are, we try to be helpful kind of at every step along the way. And I'm sure we'll talk about this more, but we are a very partnership forward company. And that is really true to our ethos. So if we want to empower folks, to do the most natural ergonomic with the most precision software at every step. And so what we do is we help them manage their carbon credit inventory, helping them convert from, hey, this is what we're forecasting because we know that carbon credit um, trades can happen many years since the future or sooner. And so helping them go from, hey, this is a forecast we're planning, we're getting a project up and running to, hey, we're now converting this into issued credits. So, hey, this is We actually have a tangible credit that's been audited that has been issued by a registering body and we want to apply that to the order. Um, We help folks with um, like diversifying their sales channels. We help folks with managing deals across the pipeline. So that is an announced partnership which is that we integrate with CRMs. And so there's just a lot of ways that we're trying to help folks and really no workflow um, is too big or too small for us to tackle. But Morris, please let me know if I've missed anything.
1: No, I think you really covered it. And those workflows, to your point, just can get very difficult to track with the integrity that the carbon markets will require to uh, be viewed as a very trustworthy market to invest in. And so some of those workflows and features are like centralized customer and project management with that carbon specificity. I mentioned Violet, as well as complex order tracking and fulfillment um, you know, the robust systems integrations, to Marley's point about being partnership forward, R&D data tooling, there's really no shortage of workflows Marley, me and the team can't tackle. And so the idea really is that these teams should not be, you know, focused on software engineering. They should be focused on moving carbon. We wanna be their first call when they have a very painful process that we can actually help them take
0: care of in one click. Okay, thank you very much for clarifying That's beautiful explanation. So, given that you have such a great overview of the many different carbon removal methods out there, I imagine, what do you currently believe offers the most promise as far as effectiveness and scalability goes?
2: Yeah, that is um, a very fun question. Okay, what I kind of where I land on that is that the severity of the climate crisis is so big and looming that it's hard to pick a favorite when it's really an all hands on deck. Everything is necessary approach. And so personally, what gets me excited about work every day is that we're supporting the most innovative, thoughtful, and important players in the carbon removal space. And so that, you know, I don't think I could pick a favorite child, but Mars, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I also think that carbon removal pathways are very different from one another. So they all have their own unique co-benefits, community engagements, unique unit economics. And so I think that supporting each pathway equally is very critical to effective risk management. So risk management is a uh, concept that we think a lot about, especially because these are, we're planning many years into the future and because the climate crisis fundamentally is a risk management problem. So for example, we know that DACs are the most permanent and durable solution, but they take a very, very long time to build and they're very focused on removal specifically Whereas other solutions also focus very heavily on aspects like biodiversity, which are also equally important to a healthy planet. And so I think Marley and I like to take like a very um, bird's eye view approach of like, what is the most holistic integrated way to think about supporting projects? And uh, we really
0: we really can't pick between them. So we just
1: choose to support all of them.
0: Okay, I'll ask ask a different question then. Is there a specific type of carbon removal that's uh, more prominent, for example, within the company, if there are more projects of a certain type? Yeah, so we
1: really, not pulling your leg at all, Violet, we really have like equal um, kind of spread within different technologies. So, you know, we have forestry, we have renewables, we have biochar We've worked with enhanced weathering companies as well as dock companies. So uh, we really know how to speak their language because we think in terms of tons of carbon. And so that's a unifying metric and force and and helps us think about how we can be effective from a data engineering perspective. So we've really worked with everybody and they all have their unique aspects. I think the most critical thing to highlight is that we only work with very high integrity, high quality projects. So uh, I don't think that's decided on a technology specific level. It's decided on the team's commitment to actually uh, doing what they say that they're doing. So we make sure that everybody that we work with has very robust um, mechanisms and frameworks in place to address issues like MRV, to address issues um like accountability and auditing. And so those are the things that we look for in terms of who's our favorite project. it's It's really less about the technology and a lot more about how are they thinking about um, tracking information, reporting information, um, liabilities, compliance, all of those things that are that are very critical to the market today.
2: Mars, I feel like Mars always puts it best. but um I think another thing that I think is interesting from my vantage point is that from the positionality of where we sit, which is that we are trying to help folks, you know, really scale up and really be able to communicate across stakeholders. It's actually been an imperative technical challenge for us, which is to talk about where are places where we can unify and where can we find synergy across these different technologies and actually represent that in the app in a certain way. So it's actually like very core to our DNA to be supportive uh, across a different, a wide range of technologies and make sure that we can help bring efficiency to them equally, regardless of which approach they're taking. So it's really according to DNA, but it's something that, you know, I I feel like we're in a very lucky position and it's just great to get to work with a wide range of folks.
0: Uh, You mentioned also um, transparency or uh, high quality. Do you uh, rely on like uh, rating agencies or any kind of international standards uh, when vetting projects? So we are, like I said, we're very partnership forward. So we look Forward
2: to surfacing information that folks are getting from those external registries and those validate from um, like folks in the verification process and help surface that often early and across the site. So making it very clear to folks what stage they are and kind of the prof- full provenance of the credits that they are surfacing. Um, and so that's kind of where we sit
0: in this stack. Okay. Is it possible to get a few names of partners of yours or is that confidential? So we're very excited. Those announcements
1: are forthcoming, but I can say that we're big fans of rating agencies. And uh, because a lot of the work that we do is upstream of that point, so like really helping people organize data, really helping think through what their strategies are, we really sit before that happens. Um, but really excited to announce a few things in the future and we're big fans of their work as well.
2: Yeah, I'm very excited about a couple of upcoming announcements and it, I will be very excited to circle back on this conversation, here.
0: Me too. And of course, there's no way I can't get your opinion on the latest carbon credit scandals, uh, especially with the Guardian's investigation having gained the most attention. What do you believe the main issues with the market are and uh, how close do you believe we are to solving them? Yeah. I think that's a great question. Um, And first and
2: foremost is that I think investigative journalism is so important. It's a really difficult and challenging profession to be in. And I think it like, you know, a rising or a rising tide, like raises all ships. And so I think it's really great that folks are, you know, paying attention and being diligent. Um, And so but what how we think of this space is that We think every carbon credit really is a data set in a way. And so I think that the quality of a carbon credit is determined by the integrity of the data. So we kind of, as I mentioned it before, we've been designing Alcove from the ground up. And for me, that means from the database, from the API into the interfaces that we want to make it really, really clear when you are buying a high quality credit. And that's why we partner with the best of the best early, just so that we can fully shape our whole platform around it. And so what we're doing is we're just designing a very transparent, very easy to surface data platform to help support the highest quality credits and making it very clear and hopefully doing it in such a way there will never be any of these scandals again, but you know, remains to be seen. But Mars, what do you think? Yeah,
1: I mean, I also think that what will help is like the maturation of, like we think a lot about like swing lanes, uh, will also enable market maturation in turn. So like, where do you do your work, and how do you make sure that you do one thing very, very well, and that helps to minimize conflicts of interest. It helps to align incentives um, and build trust for external external stakeholders and the general public. So. I guess like what that tangibly means is that like if you're a project developer, you should be very focused on removing carbon. If you do MRV, you should be very focused on neutral quality control. If you're a marketplace, you have a chance to really create awesome liquidity uh, for the teams doing all that work. And if you're a data provider like us, a software solutions platform, you should be only focused on solving difficult workflow and automation issues for project developers. And I think when teams try to solve more than... Uh, you know, what really makes sense from an incentive perspective, uh, that's when we kind of get these scandals. So when you uh, try to be all of the things, uh, that's when it kind of gets tricky from an audit standpoint and from a market maturation perspective as well. Thank you.
0: Just to be clear, though, does uh, does Alcove also sell carbon credits of the, the projects it partners with or no? We do not, because we really adhere to this thesis of like, if we're helping you sell
1: carbon credits, Um, we are also handling buyers in that perspective. And we need to make sure that buyers also have their needs met. So if we're beholden to those interests, we can't focus on your most vulnerable data problems. That actually becomes a conflict of interest. So the only thing that we're focused on is solving your hardest data problems and issues. We're not focused on the marketplace aspect. We will never be a marketplace. We will never handle um, that kind of buyer discovery and facilitation. Uh, because again, we we actually don't think that's a good place to sit when we're actually helping folks at the earliest stages get
0: organized and prepared for that step. Thank you. Um, uh, lastly, uh, but not least, I'd like to ask you, uh, what's in the pipeline for Alcove? Like what does the near and perhaps even not so near future look like? Yeah,
1: I mean, our future is really determined by the folks that, that we service and work with. So we just want to continue supporting teams doing the hardest work. Uh, And, and, you know, maybe trying to be more tactical in, in my reply, like the idea is that like when a team comes to us with a very difficult problem, we can say yes every single time and come up with an effective solution for them. So our mandate is to solve the carbon market's most difficult data and connectivity problems, which means, again, we're just really trying to work with the best partners in the space. We want it to be as easy as one click to interact with key stakeholders in the market. And I think Marley, maybe you wanted to add something.
2: Yeah, I was going to say just that I think in the very near term, we have some very exciting partnerships that we will be announcing. So I'm looking very much forward to sharing those. And really, E stays the same for us at Alcove, which is that we are heads down, we are listening to folks, we are talking to our customers, we are really just trying to understand their pain points as deeply as possible across the team and then building the very best workflows for them. And so that we're day in, day out. We're great listeners and we're precision builders. And so that's really
0: what every day at Alcove looks like to us. Mars, Marley, thank you so much for sharing all of this and for being on this podcast. It was a real pleasure to speak with the both of you and learn about what you do. And I, too, hope that we can circle back to this conversation once you have those exciting announcements ready.
1: Wonderful. We can thank you enough for the time and um, we had a blast.
0: Thanks so much. If you enjoyed this episode of the Carbon Stations podcast and would like to hear more conversations like this, please be sure to subscribe. We really appreciate the support.